I have a file on my computer that's apparently been migrated over many different file systems called Quiznos.swf, which is a flash format. Jonas Downey is one of my coworkers here at Basecamp. He heads up the design group. And this file he's talking about, Quiznos.swf, dates back to 2004. For those of you who haven't heard of Quiznos, it's an American fast food chain that makes toasted sub sandwiches. And if you were to open Jonas's file, you'd be confronted with a truly bizarre 30-second television ad. It's these weird, mutant, bizarre, horrific-looking monkey animals singing intentionally off-key to you about sandwiches that are supposed to be appetizing, but like juxtaposed with these things that are gross, almost. We love these thoughts! This is an actual commercial that ran on national television. It features two animated furry animals with bulging eyes and a mouthful of bared teeth. One is wearing a black bowler hat. The other is wearing the kind of hat that old-timey sea captains used to wear, and it's playing an acoustic guitar. They're singing about Quiznos sandwiches while bopping around over footage of the subs coming out of an oven. Quiznos. It's like this memorable, horrific advertising campaign. It's almost an assault, like in a way. And I remember just seeing it and being like, what the hell was that? Like, what just happened? And uh, I like immediately loved it. Sometimes there's these flashpoints where weird underground stuff finds its way to popular culture and the mainstream gets like a little exposure to it. Like I feel like the early days of MTV were like that. Whereas like all these people doing weird artsy stuff happened to be, find a venue. It was a crossover between that sort of experimental early internet flash-based design with like traditional TV advertising. It's like somebody took a risk. Like somebody at Quiznos was like, yeah, we want those mutant monkey things to be our spokesperson for our sandwiches. Hello and welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Sean Hildner. It's been 15 years since this ad campaign aired on national television, prompting a huge response. People wrote letters and called Quiznos Corporate about the commercials, either because they loved them or because they were totally repulsed. The ads became a national news story. The news cycle eventually moved on. Quiznos switched ad agencies and later entered a period of decline where it closed a huge number of locations and filed for bankruptcy. But the ads with the strange, atonal singing critters? Those remain iconic. And like Jonas points out, it seems improbable that these commercials made it onto TV at all. Today on Rework, the people behind the campaign tell the story of how it got made. I am Joel Veach. Uh, I make silly stuff. Joel is the guy to thank for this whole thing. So the first thing I ever did that made any money was a thing called the Swearatron, which was um, just me trying to work out how to do interactive stuff in Flash. And um, it was a, a grid of my head nine times or something. And each one fired a different obscenity and you ran your mouse over it and it just was a cacophonous swearing machine. To my amazement, like people really liked it. And I got asked if I would do another version for a company for like a thousand pounds, which was like, oh, wow, people pay you to do this. The early, early flash stuff was very, very basic um, because that's what you could do. I mean, there's a lot of the stuff about the style of that stuff which is very of its time, isn't it? But what people maybe don't realise now is that it had to look that way 
because we were working with very, very restrictive bandwidths. People were still on dial-up collections, you know. And um, there was a real limit to the amount of information you could get down the pipe. So we had to do it in the most kind of minimal way to get it to work on the internet. This was the heyday of Flash animation, when creative people were making very simple but often hilarious cartoons and games and sharing them in online communities. Joel and his friends also messed around a lot with Photoshop. For one of his creations, he started with a picture of a tarsier, which is a small primate with big eyes that lives in Southeast Asia. Then, like a digital Dr. Frankenstein, he made a composite image by adding eyes, teeth, and accessories from other pictures. I was making animals with bad teeth and hats, and the tarsiers were pretty good, pretty good candidates for that. He called them spung monkeys. And a couple of days after I'd made them, I went for a few drinks with my brother, who I do a lot of songs with. We came back to my place and just put, it actually recorded on a video camera, put the video camera on and he was playing the guitar and I just improvised the words by looking at things around the room, really. And more times than not in the morning, you'd look back at what you'd got and it was pretty dire. But that one I thought was still really funny, unusually. So I I put the spawn monkeys on a little animation to them and that and that's it and I put it out and it was done in a day. I wasn't really expecting it to do anything. I was up late one night. It's one of the things where you're just like cruising the internet looking around. This is Ty Harper. In the early 2000s, he was an art director at the Martin Agency, an advertising firm in Richmond, Virginia. Ty had stumbled across Joel's music video, We Like the Moon. The spung monkeys, wearing their signature old-timey hats, were bouncing around in front of a still image of a garden with purple hydrangea bushes and a stone bench. And I was like, there's so much wrong with this video, but I can't stop laughing. So I, I bookmarked it. It was like one of the things you dragged to the side and you're like, okay, I'm keeping that for something. I have no clue what it is, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to make sure I have access to that. Ty would get his shot to use the Spung Monkeys in 2003, when the Martin Agency got the chance to compete for the Quiznos account. Carrie Feuerman was creative director at the Martin Agency. They understood their target audience quite clearly. In this case, and what made the work so interesting is uh, their target audience primarily was uh, guys 18 to 24 years old. And as an agency, you love that target audience because they're irreverent. I mean, they do stupid stuff, jump off of balconies into swimming pools. I mean, they're guys. At the Martin Agency, different creative teams got to work. Ty was paired up with copywriter Raymond McKinney, and he immediately thought of the Spung Monkeys and We Like the Moon. I pulled it back up, and I showed it uh, to my partner, to Raymond, and I was like, what about these guys? Yeah, they're ugly. I get all that. But there's such unbridled joy in that song, We Love the Moon. And he just kind of spells it out why they love it in just basic plain English. And it made them adorable to us. So Raymond was like, hell yeah, we're going to we're going to try that. So we we wrote one. Uh, we the original we love the subs and we had our creative director we said hey we, we, we want to have a meeting we think we might have some and they handed me a laptop and they said we want you to take a look at something and they pushed play and there were these weirdest damn characters I've ever seen in my life singing a song called we love the moon I like to think that I've got an open mind as a creative guy 
But when I saw these things, I have to say, my head started to explode thinking, Ty and Raymond, what the hell are you guys thinking? He took his glasses off and he rubbed the bridge of his nose and he put his glasses back on. I was like, oh, we're dead. You know, I I basically said to them, look, okay, uh, well, put it on the wall. That's what we say in the business. Put it on the wall. In other words, pin it up there and then keep working, as in keep working on new ideas. Well, they pinned it on the wall, but when I came back two days later, they had kept working, but only on the Spung Monkeys. We just sat in a little dark room and just kept writing more songs. They blew it out. They turned it into We Love the Subs, and they did TV spots and outdoor boards and digital, and they just believed in the idea so strongly that when I sat down and looked at the wall with everything they'd done, I was convinced that this stuff is is friggin' awesome. So they were able to get Carrie on board. Now the hard part was going to be convincing Quiznos. Well, you know, we're thinking, you know, how the hell do we sell this? It's one thing to sell your creative director. It's another thing to sell business people. What we did was we took the video, We Love the Moon, and we went to the campus of uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. And we found our target audience, guys walking across campus. And we said, hey, will you take a look at something? So we handed them a laptop, we handed them headphones, and we pushed play, and we (laughs) simply videoed the guys watching this crazy character singing We Love the Moon. And they started laughing their asses off. And they started saying, this is fucking awesome. I love these guys. Fast forward to the presentation. We're now there with the client. You know, our account guys and the strategy guys did all of their work. And I said, okay, actually, before I show you the campaign, let's take a look at something. I hit the button and on came the video. No explanation. Just the video of these guys back to back, guy after guy after guy, laughing their asses off saying, these things are awesome. You know, I don't know what they are, but I fucking love them. Clients had no idea what the guys were looking at. You can't watch a whole bunch of people laugh and not have it affect you. So they started smiling, but they were curious. You know, at the end, they were willing to see something. That's what you do when you're a presenter. You have to get your audience to want to buy the work before you even show it to them. You need to create anticipation. So when it ended, I turned to the clients in the room and I said, what are those guys looking at? I said, oh, I know your next campaign. And then I pushed play one more time so the clients could see the characters singing, We Love the Moon. And then we showed them how we could turn those characters who clearly their audience loved into a campaign where they were now singing, We Love the Subs. Uh, They were shell-shocked, I will say that. To their credit, though, they recognized they were not the people that needed to be persuaded that it was young guys. A couple of days later, we received a phone call saying, um, not only do we want to hire you guys, but we want to pr- produce that entire campaign. I mean, you could have you just knocked us over. We had to swing for the fences. We had to take a big risk and a big chance. But even by our standards, the Spung Monkeys were out there. I mean, way out there. Carrie came into our said uh, they're going to do they want to do this and then it was the question was how <laughs> so I had to hurry up and find like you know uh, Joel's site ratherGood.com and simply send an email 
that was like, please read this. It's not from some crazy fan or somebody who thinks you're sick or whatever. And I explained who I was and uh, what the idea was and begged him, would you would you be interested? Would you please be interested? And he almost wrote back. It was like almost immediately. He was like, yeah, I'm really interested. I think that if you're making stuff for yourself, it has to be about making something that you yourself find funny or if it's comedy or, you know, in whatever medium you're in, whether it's brilliant art or literature or any creative endeavor, it has to be something that you feel driven to make, right? Like it has to be for an audience of one and that audience has to be yourself. And that is the way you make truly interesting things. There's a massive difference between somebody saying, oh, I love this thing you made. Can you do something like that for us? where the creative power is with you and pitching for a job. People do sometimes ask, you know, because they've got an animation project that needs doing, but it's a very sensible one, you know, and when that happens, I, I tend to be quite honest and say I'm probably not the best person to do that. If you want swishy graphics uh, over something, I'm just not the right guy to do that. And if I try and do it, I'll make a terrible mess of it and it'll be horrible. Of course, in this case, the Martin Agency and Quiznos weren't remotely interested in slick graphics or anything sensible. They wanted Joel's falsetto spung monkeys with their bad teeth and old-fashioned hats to sing the praises of Quiznos subs. And Joel, meanwhile, was in London working on other things. I mean, I, I was having a nightmare at that, that point work-wise because I was doing a TV show here, which was like a really quite a big deal to, in, in terms of the amount of work I had to do. And the production office was in a basement and there was no phone reception and I, my phone wasn't ringing and they were trying to call me. I was like, ah, and I, in the end, I had to take some time off over Christmas and spend that time off doing this. The Martin Agency flew Joel and his brother Al to Richmond, Virginia, to record the ads. He's just a great guy. And he was it seemed to me he was as thrilled to be here as we were to have him. It was really collaborative. Like we had to record uh, sometimes like some of the songs like eight, nine, ten times in a row just to get the speed up. Right. You know, can you do it faster, Joel? He was so accommodating. He did not give up. There's a, one of the songs about when he says they have a pepper bar and it was Joel. Was, his voice was basically beat. And so by the time he got to that, his voice kind of gave out and bottomed out. And I think that's what Raymond and I just laughed. It was like most people would be like, all right, let's try it again. And we were like, no, that one stays in. <laughs> it's it's too funny. Yeah, that's, it's a horrendous voice to recording because it murders your throat. Like it's all right to do it for a few minutes, but to do it for like a day is, is awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> Quiznos new Santa Fe trio subs with smoky chipotle. I had to fly to LA for a couple of days because there was this one cinematographer, you know, a DP, a director of photography that Quiznos trusted uh, with their food. And he had the oven and everything like to, to film the subs. So we went out there, went out there and shot that part of the subs coming out of the oven. I remember looking at a monitor and marking it up with a marker on the screen going, okay, one monkey here and one monkey will be here. And then uh, composited it all together after with Joel's song, his animation and the monkeys and stuff. And that was that. It was really, it was quick and fairly painless. In February of 2004, the ads debuted on American television. There were a few different spots. 
one where the spug monkey sang about we love the subs, one where they sang about a coupon, and one where they wore Viking hats and sang about how it would be barbaric to eat a non-toasted sub. They are so good, we need them robot eating roast house is barbaric! We are not the Huns! Right now, Quiznos world famous... We were told when it was going to run, so I was like, made sure I was on the right channel when I saw it run. And I think that's when I finally believed that it was real. Because you keep waiting on something especially like this. You keep waiting for some grown up somewhere to go, okay, we're not running this. Who approved this? You're all fired. And, but, you know, there it was right there on my TV in my living room. So I was like, well, shit, it worked. Within a day, buzz was happening. I mean, you know, there's, it's the old cliche in the industry. We want to create buzz. You can't mandate that. We were getting calls from media outlets like you wouldn't believe. This was covered by the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. We were on VH1. We were on ESPN Cold Pizza. We flew to New York and were on TV. They interviewed us. This was covered by Ad Age, Ad Week. Creativity Magazine, which is a big industry magazine, covered it. And, and, the, and the creative director who, who, who reviewed it said something very interesting. On the surface, this just seems like a bunch of crazy, maybe gross creatures, you know, being funny. But he says, you look at this work. This campaign is brilliant retail advertising. The client's store name, the logo is on the screen the entire time characters, they're not just singing a funny song. They're singing about the sub and that they're toasted. And they then show the toaster and the sandwiches going through the toaster. And then they're talking about the price of the sandwiches. This is brilliant. A story in the Denver Post from that time said Quiznos got 30,000 emails and phone calls in the first month of the campaign launching. The Spung Monkeys managed to spark a national conversation. Meanwhile, back in London, where Joel had returned to work, the ads weren't airing at all. It was a really strange time because I was still in this basement working crazy hours on this on this show. And everyone around me was slightly narky about me having taken time off to go and do this thing. And I think everyone was kind of like, didn't really want me to bang on about it too much. They just wanted me to get on with what I was supposed to be doing there. And and my phone wasn't ringing because we were in the basement in this production. So I kept having to nip upstairs and they'd be like, because it caused a real furore and um, everybody wanted to talk to me. And it killed my website as well. My website immediately exploded. I was this kind of underground, weird, divisive celebrity briefly. Yeah, no, I loved every moment of it. It was wonderful. However, not everyone was as excited about the ads as Joel and the folks at the Martin Agency. We were given a heads up that that some people were complaining and uh, we kind of laughed about it and said, ah, they'll get over it. But I guess they didn't. (laughs) Look, it's a polarizing campaign and uh, it's a very edgy campaign. I would say if we made a mistake with the campaign, it was we ran it on general media. At the time, you know, there was Spike TV, uh, MTV, VH1, all of those. It should have probably been exclusively on those channels. But I do think that some of the, the notoriety was because it ran in mainstream media that it horrified a whole bunch of people who were middle-aged. 
And that's what got part of its buzz. I think all young people like the notion of rebellion. And these characters were rebellious characters. And the fact that we are willing to take it out and put it right out in the middle of middle America landscape um, was part of the rebellion. Uh, It was fun. It's almost like it's it's almost like a, a, a consent issue, right? If you're doing something completely mental and you're putting it on the internet, people in that medium have a control over what they see, you know. And so, if someone shows you that, it's because they usually they think you like it, or you've gone there because you've searched out this kind of nonsense. But if you put something mental on the telly and beam it into everyone's homes, especially a, an ad, because it's not even the thing that they're there to watch, everyone's like, yeah, you're, you're forcing it on them <laughs> in a slightly non-consensual way. Uh, and I hadn't thought about that at all until that point. Quiznos eventually dropped the Martin agency. But as Carrie explains, it wasn't all because of the blowback from the Spung Monkeys campaign. The company was becoming more corporate. They had hired uh, someone who came in from the more mainstream fast food sectors. And they were much more conservative people than the people who actually bought the original work. So, no, we weren't weren't fired. Uh, We did another campaign. It was a typical show the sandwiches the entire time. Nothing interesting. It was all beauty shots of food classic category advertising, which was remarkably uninteresting. And um, I'm sorry, they just sort of got what they deserved. The conservative people didn't realize the DNA of this company, Quiznos. And Quiznos has, um, well, certainly not, 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 not been the brand that it once was. Let's, let's say that. Huh? Quiznos is a really interesting story. This is Mark Lohman, Chief Brand Officer for the Rigo Restaurant Group. Currently, our portfolio includes Quiznos and Taco Del Mar. We love working with brands um, that maybe aren't having their best day right now, but we love working with them to bring them back and to help turn them around based on what consumers want. Mark Lohman started his job in February. His company, Rigo, is backed by a private equity firm that specializes in turnarounds of consumer brands. That should give you an idea of how Quiznos has fared in the period since the Spung Monkeys ad. Ownership changed hands from one private equity firm to another. The company got sued by its own franchisees, it filed for bankruptcy, and it went from 4,700 U.S. locations to 400 in 10 years. If you look at what made Quiznos successful, it really comes down to, to a few things. We built our foundation on having fantastic, high-quality food that tastes great. We also built our foundation originally on innovation and coming out with new products and new ideas that other brands didn't have and at the time that they weren't willing to try. And then if you look at history, I, what happened to Quiznos has happened to a number of brands, and that is we lost our way, we started to stray from that North Star, and a lot of that happened during the economic downturn. And as when you stray from your North Star and you move away from who you are and what consumers want from you, It's no surprise when challenges head your way. Quiznos is still going after a young male demographic, but the media landscape is much different than it was in 2004. When Jill Veach's Spung Monkeys were introduced to the world, it was before YouTube, before Instagram, before Netflix streaming and cord cutting, before Twitter and brands getting into fights on Twitter. Mark Lohman says Quiznos is considering opportunities like Twitch, the live streaming platform for gamers. National television campaigns in the near term 
probably aren't the best fit for us. But there are new tactics and new channels coming out like Twitch and, and other ways that, that really do seem to be reaching guests and, and reaching them in a way that we haven't been able to reach them before. Twitch has incredibly high engagement within certain dem- demographics and psychographics. And I would say that, that many, of those, uh, many of those consumers are a good fit for what we're designing for. Everybody talks about it in the terms of, well, social media has taken over everything. But I can promise you, when you go to pitch a client these days, still, the first words out of their mouth are basically, show me the TV. And you can call it TV or not TV, but at the end of the day, it's still a commercial of sorts. And so it runs as a pre-roll, you know, where, you know, the parts of uh, when you go to a website and they said, you know, you can skip this ad. Well, that's still a commercial playing. And if it's not interesting, it's just beauty shots of food. They are going to skip it. But when those characters come on and sing, we love the subs, you know, I'm sorry. In this day and age, people would continue watching it, I, I still believe. So, you know, if ever there was a time for creativity and film content that looks like commercials or, or, or whatever, it's now. Because since consumers are in control of not only where, when, and how they'll interact with your advertising, they're in control of if they'll even be bothered to interact with your advertising, which means it better be damn interesting and entertaining. So to me, the spung monkeys would explode in today's uh, social media age. So if that's how the media landscape looks for people in marketing and advertising, what does it look like for people like Joel Veach, who are still making weird stuff for themselves? It was a bit the Wild West back in the kind of early 2000s. The internet was very open and it really just depended on what people were sending it to each other and that was all that mattered. And then, you know, as Google got cleverer and then YouTube came along and then Facebook, it it all became beholden to these huge multinational corporations and their invisible algorithms, all of which were designed to maximise revenue for said corporations and it changed the game enormously a lot of the people from my cohort who make animations have really struggled over the last few years because if you if you're dependent on youtube which is what a lot of creatives are then animation is a real problem because animation is hard and time consuming and expensive to make and it is a medium which you know, if you're spending ages and a fortune on making two minutes of really high quality stuff, but the algorithm is rewarding somebody who's sitting looking at a camera talking about Fortnite or makeup for half an hour, which they can just do in real time, there's there's no way of really making that viable. And that's a shame. That is a shame. I have a different outlook on life now in, in a number of ways. And so I, I spent my early years bouncing from short thing to short thing and that's great when you're younger and you don't have to worry about you know feeding your kids and stuff but you know I'm a bit older now and I have to be a little bit more responsible Uh, and also I'd spent years doing very short form things and I wanted to concentrate more on bigger more lasting stuff 
It seems fitting then, in the afterlife of this super weird commercial, that a couple of animated singing creatures that Joel and his brother created on a whim would end up burrowing so far into the American cultural consciousness. I look at it as one of the many successful brand campaigns over the last uh, you know, 10 or 20 years and that really helped drive consumers to the Quiznos brand. It was something that when it came on TV, you noticed because it was a little bit different. It was a little bit odd in a very, very good way. And because of that, people remembered it and took action and visited Quiznos. They wanted to see what, what all the buzz was about. And when we talk to guests and consumers today, we get a lot of feedback about the campaign still. My wife's family owned a Quiznos uh, before that, predating the ads. Um, so we were like familiar with Quiznos anyway and kind of liked it. I'm like very into sandwiches. Again, this is Jonas at Basecamp. So yeah, we would go and, and get the sandwiches. And I remember, yeah, like I was like more into Quiznos after that, thinking like, oh, this is a company that something's going on there. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I like like what they're up to. My wife and I kind of had a, a running gag about it, and we would go around sort of quoting the song in the like offensive off-key voice. We'd be like, I got a pepper bar. Like, we'd go around and do that. I now train creative people and account people and strategy people around the country at agencies on how to present and sell creative work. In the workshops that I do, the only piece of creative work that I show because people want to know how I sold it, and well, we sold it as an agency, is the Quiznos work. And now many of the people that I'm doing in my workshop are now 25, 27 years old, you know, 30 years old. And, you know, they were 15, 12, 14 years old when the Quiznos campaign came out. And when I play it, they all start laughing. They start reminiscing of remembering seeing these characters. And it's the campaign that keeps on giving. When you're able to do that, it never leaves them. And they remember to this day. I mean, they're still on my website and they're in that old format, you know, it's before like TV's got like everybody had widescreen or whatever. So they're in that old format, but I'll be damned. I'm not giving them up. I love those little fuckers. Rework is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. Our theme music is Broken by Design by Clipart. Special thanks to Jim Burns and Meredith Turk for their help with this episode. You can find Joel's work at rathergood.com. We'll link to his site and all the videos mentioned in this episode in the show notes, which you can always find at rework.fm. Quiznos had been a very good advertiser. They had an agency, Cliff Freeman and Partners, which still is, in my opinion, one of the greatest agencies of all time, particularly in the area of retail food advertising. I mean, I mean, they did all the Little Caesar stuff back in the 90s and 2000s, which was excellent. Pizza, pizza. But it, pizza, pizza, exactly.